So you want to buy your first property. You're in your 20s, your 30s, maybe you're even older. You're living at home with your parents, you're renting a house, but you just feel trapped. You look on TV, you might be seeing something on the internet, and it just seems like you're never, ever going to be able to purchase your first property. It's all too hard. Like, who do you speak to? Where do you, where do you begin? What we're hoping that this episode will do, and this is why I'm really looking forward to this episode, is that we are going to break down some of these really important questions and hopefully give a bit of inspiration as to how, how do you go about buying your first house. Obviously, if you've got a bucket load of cash and you've got some really wealthy parents, you can go ahead and, and buy your first property. But if you don't have that luxury, then this episode is for you. So, welcome to Mind the Age Gap. My name is Gavin. I'm Sarah. I'm Holly. And I'm Rach. Speaking about buying your first home, I actually bought my first home with my best friend at the time. So we were young, dumb, broke, and we're the type of friends where it's kind of like if somebody mentions an idea, the other one just doesn't say no and just like goes along with it for some weird reason. And we found ourselves in lots of interesting situations. But what? yeah, we're kind of playing around with the idea of it one day. And then next thing we knew, we were putting a deposit down for our house. But it was quite scary because we were both pretty broke and we worked multiple jobs. How old were you? 21. We were both 21. Yeah. And we worked, yeah, a couple of jobs. Um, We were going out all the time, every weekend, a couple of nights a week. We were way too intoxicated to make any decisions. (laughs) How did that idea come about, by the way? Who said it first? Uh, Maddie actually mentioned it first. So my friend Maddie um, is the one who I bought the house with and she wanted to move out of home. And then I was actually going through a separation at the time. So I was just like, kind of staying like temporarily at one of my friend's houses and then she's like oh you know I want to buy a house and then I was like well I'm in because I need somewhere to live yeah. and then yeah that's just kind of how it happened what so what could go wrong what could go wrong we were literally warned by all of our friends family co-workers pets anyone you could think <laughs> about it which is like do not do it it's the worst idea it's going to end balls day like Balls up. I like up. this house. <laughs> oh, God. So you would have loved the house. I would have. <laughs> Sorry. There was a wall. I'm that only was a woman. The color of this couch. And it yes. was the ugliest thing going around. Well, it was ugly, but it was charming. It was <laughs> charming. like the ugly boy at school that did all of your homework for you. You loved him. For those listening in the car, the couch is very yellow. Very yellow. So it was a yellow couch. We had a yellow wall. Um, but the wall in the house actually became quite famous because it was a party house. Everyone would meet up in the lounge room. We'd all have drinks. We'd all get absolutely trashed. And then in the morning when you walked out, there was just bodies everywhere. But before we actually went out, everybody would take photos in front of this yellow wall. That was just like the staple. I'm going out tonight. Here's my yellow wall. Do a shot and before you get into the Uber and then you go out and get trashed. It was just part of the process. It's great. How, how did it end? Because everyone said it wasn't going to end well. It ended great. Like we're still best friends now, which is great. So went to Europe last year together. Yeah, we went to Europe last year together. We still talk all the time. She works away, so um, can't see her as much as what I used to. But yeah, we're still very much as close as what we ever were. Um, it actually turned out to be yeah really good. So um, towards the end, um, she ended up buying me out, and then I bought my own house, and she's bought other properties since. So it was a really good starting point for us because we couldn't afford to buy on our own, mm. but it got us in, and then we were able to make money out of that, and then yeah, buy other properties and. She still lives there now. She has painted the yellow wall. Sadly. It's white now. But, you know, the memories are there. 
<laughs> Very sad. Look, my first um, house was a little bit different to that, a little bit more organised, I guess. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend at the time, now husband, still together, it's all good. All we wanted to do was buy a house and unfortunately we were not spawn of rich parents so we had to come up with the money ourselves. Both of us were working two jobs. I think, you know, our income was minimum. I was earning $500 a week and working at a bottle shop on Friday nights and Saturday nights but all we wanted to do was buy a house. So in order to afford it, we brought a cheap block of land and with the intention that we'd try and pay as much of it off as possible and then build a house sometime. Yeah, that's cool. So you actually own the land and then figured out the rest later. Yeah, yeah. figured it out, figure it out later. We were young and we were a bit silly. Why not? And then was your plan B just to like pitch a tent or? Yes, swag. <laughs> swag. So easy. I guess mine was, was also a similar thing, Holly. I, I bought my first house in my early 20s in the country as well. But the difference was I didn't live there. Picture this, right? I'm at university. I'm sharing a share house with five other men. Oh. There was Yuck. one toilet, there was one shower and there was one toothbrush. Could you imagine the toilet schedule? Yeah. mm. Yeah. It's just giving me when you go over to a guy's house and they have crusty sheets. The navy blue sheets give me PTSD. And it has that smell. And they're three thread count. There's like a, there's a distinct boy smell. It's like musky. When you walk into a room and you're like, Mm, a boy lives here. I don't know mm. what it is. It's Lynx Africa. It's, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. My, my precious cologne of Lynx Africa. <laughs> you just know that window <laughs> hasn't been opened in six months. No, it hasn't. Yeah. yeah. Blinds so, have been shut, yeah. dust everywhere. Yeah. But you know what? It worked. And there was never any complaints. We once threw a football down the corridor while playing a game of, of <laughs> touch, touch rugby. And... Um, Football went through the corridor, went through a hole in the wall. We didn't know how to plaster it back up, so we just got a whole bunch of Band-Aids and just went over the top of it. Were they used? No worries. Were they used Band-Aids? <laughs> yeah, second-hand Band-Aids. Oh! <laughs> That's actually the mixed Nepple team. It became art. <laughs> it became art. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so I wanted to buy a house as, as well, but obviously I'm, I'm a student failing it at university, living with five other blokes. Had a small job earning about 28K a year, but over the course of a couple of years, I was able to save up enough money for a small deposit on a house. Now, I knew I couldn't buy in the city or anywhere even near the city. Um, so I ended up buying this small asbestos-filled house out in this rural town called Turalgan, which is in Gippsland, Victoria, for $127,000. You think, geez, that's really cheap. Like, how the hell? It's still really cheap out there, by the way. $20,000 was my deposit, but I didn't live there. So the, the thing is, I wanted to stay where I was living, but I wanted to get a property. So... I bought this, this house in Tarragon and I had tenants moving there. The good thing was the mortgage that I was paying was covered by the rent that I was getting from the tenants. So I wasn't losing on this property. So, so were you making money on the property? A little bit. I think I was making about 40 bucks a month. Right. But I'd put that away, pay for council rates or pay for any like maintenance requests. I mean, it was an asbestos house. Like it was from the 1940s for goodness sake. Yes, it made a little bit. But the thing was I was able to then pay off the house over time And every couple of years, it would go up a couple of thousand dollars in value. But eventually, I would make more equity. What is equity? Equity is the gap between mortgage and the value of your home. If you owe $400,000 on your mortgage and you have the home valued at $600,000, then your equity is $200,000. Good explanation. So for those that don't want to move, if they're living in the city, but hell no, we can't afford to buy in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane but you do want to buy a house, I think rent vesting, and that's a term, rent vesting, is a great way to go about buying a house that's further out in the suburbs. You rent it out, 
and then you make your way into the, the housing market from there. Okay, so I'm the only one out of us four that actually hasn't bought their first home. I'm 22, so it is a very big discussion in my friendship groups. I've been looking more and more into it into the last 12 months, but me and my friendship group that I'm talking for, we feel as though that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I can't help but think, like, yeah, congratulations on all you guys buying your first house. We get it. It cost $150,000 back in 2010. You're probably listening to Black Eyed Peas. But things Definitely. aren't... I was. <laughs> Definitely was. It's going to be a good, good night. <laughs> oh, my God. But things aren't like that anymore. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the news or not, but property prices have gone through don't the roof. Tell me about it. Please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just can't help but think that, you know, it's it's really hard for people to find houses that are in that hundred to two hundred thousand dollar range. For me to buy a house in my town, even the cheapest of houses, you're probably looking at five hundred thousand dollars, which ten percent of that's fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I've been renting since I was eighteen and you know, even that is hard to save money. I just yeah, I just don't know where to begin. Where would you guys suggest to even start? The first person that I would definitely recommend you speak to is a, a broker. So a broker is somebody who works in finance and they can actually create a plan for you to get you on the right path to buy a house, your first house, second house, third house, even a car. Um, they can actually look at your entire financial situation. So if you were to call a broker and be like, hi, I'm Sarah. Um, this is how much <laughs> savings I have. And um, this is my plan. This is my goal. Like, what do I do? They can sit you down, um, assess your situation from front to back um, and completely put a plan in place that's going to help you reach that goal. Um, that will include budgeting. Um, it will include doing research in all these different banks to fit your, fit your certain criteria. So one bank might offer you more money to lend you for a house based on your job position. So they'll make sure they do all the research and find the best couple of banks that will suit your situation as well. Okay, so let's say I'm looking at buying my first house, or at least that's I know that's a goal in my mind. Mm. I have maybe five, ten, fifteen, even twenty thousand dollars in my bank account. Who the hell do I talk to? Do I do I go to a broker? Do I go to the bank? I mean, I've been banking with Combank since I was five. I had the Dolomites account. The Dolomites account. That, yeah. that <laughs> colouring in sheet every month. They brainwash. <laughs> they yeah. seriously they brainwash all of us. I got this like I had this loyalty towards Commonwealth Bank. I love Combank. I still bank with them because of that. Oh man, I had that loyalty until I was fifteen, right? And I was playing a game of poker with my friends. And it was the first game of poker. I had $5. So at a $5 note, that was our buy-in. And I asked for it to be changed into coins. They charged me $2 for that. Oh, my God. I was like, That's no, crazy. So bank's the criminal. next day, I went to Bendigo Bank, opened up a new account. I didn't realize how many banks there were when I was 15. I thought it was CBA. Come off, I thought that was it. Turns out there's a whole bunch of bunch. But that's the best thing about brokers. Oh, okay. So would a broker be someone that I ask these stupid questions to? I mean, I grew up in housing commission. So I feel like I have no financial or housing knowledge around me. I have no one really I can ask these questions to. I feel like I'm going to be wasting people's time. Yeah. yeah, that's such an awful feeling. But you're definitely not. Like brokers are in the business because they really enjoy creating plans for people. Like that's why they're doing what they do is because they want to see people succeed, especially their clients. They do it for their own accounts and they want to do that for other people. So for any industry, when people think that they're, they're bothering them or wasting people's time, they're actually doing that job because they that's what they love to do. So it's definitely not any stupid questions, but it's really important to get it right from the start because if you start buying 
a couple of properties and they're actually structured in the wrong way, you could actually lose a lot of money. So I think it's really important to get it right from the start. And I think, Gav, when you bought your Taralgon properties and then you actually started to grow a bit of a portfolio, you kind of had to rejig everything. Yeah, correct. And the best thing is from a first home buyer perspective, or any perspective really, is that a broker is free. You think, gee, I'm going to ask all these questions, take up all their time. Like, what are they going to charge me? They are free to talk to Eventually, when you buy a house and you use them to purchase, they'll get a commission from the bank. So they do get eventually get paid. But in the initial the initial meetings, they're not charging you money for that. Oh, so it's actually no extra cost to me uh, for me not. to get yeah. a person to get information from. They will educate you yeah. a lot. Yeah, they're a good source of information. Oh, wow. So did all you guys use brokers when you bought your houses? I yeah. did, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because at the turn of the century, over 75% of people that bought a house used a bank. They went to a Commonwealth Bank, for example. They had a loyalty towards it. Mm. But they don't care, man. Like, I think Commonwealth Bank just posted like a $1.5 billion profit um, the other day. <laughs> like, they don't care about small little Sarah. Cheeky so brag. Don't feel that loyalty <laughs> that you have to go to one bank. Go to a broker. They look at 40-plus banks, and they'll find you the best deal. And guys, now more than ever with interest rates, check yeah. them out. Find the best deal. If anyone wants to reach out to the podcast on Mind the Age Gap, we have, <laughs> we are, sorry, we have, we have brokers. Oh, stupid. So, little plug. Yeah, little plug. Yeah. In case you didn't know. Free marketing. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So, you know, you guys are now inspiring me here. Let's say I have some savings. I've spoken to a broker. I know how much money I could borrow from the bank and I'm thinking about buying my first house. What are some costs that I need to keep in mind? Because I feel like you real estate agents are sneaky as heck. Like, <laughs> I don't trust you Tricks guys. the trade. Yeah, so, so what type of costs are involved in buying a house? I know that there's things like stamp duty or like a conveyance. Like, there's so many things that I feel like are going to add up. And I don't know if I can afford that. Yeah, stamp duty is, it's a crazy thing. When I first heard the word stamp duty, even almost now I think of like the stamps that used to get those those rubber stamps that you'd have on envelopes and I was like well surely it's not going to be that much to stamp an envelope or stamp a piece of paper tens of thousands of dollars exactly. <laughs> yeah $25,000 per stamp <laughs> so depending on what state of Australia you're in the stamp duty is slightly different but at the core of it the stamp duty um, is uh, the more expensive the house the more expensive the stamp duty so in Victoria for example if you bought a house for $2.5 million, you lucky first home buyer, um, <laughs> be prepared to pay close to $100,000 in stamp duty. But if you were to buy a property for 600000 for example, it's about 30000 stamp duty. Still a lot of money. But the really cool thing is, as a first home buyer, if you buy under 600000 you don't pay stamp duty. Oh, so you don't pay nothing. You pay, yeah, pay zero. zero. I like no what nice. I hear. <laughs> Okay, well, that covers stamp duty, but what about, um, you know, my friends are starting to talk about conveyances. Why the hell, what is a conveyancer? Why the hell would I even need one? What is a conveyancer? A conveyancer is a scary word, but a conveyancer will become one of your best friends. They handle all the legal mumbo jumbo and ensure you're not getting screwed over by shifty estate agents when you are buying a house. It's, yeah, conveyancer is a scary word, isn't it? I didn't know what a conveyancer was. Holly, did 
Did you know? I mean, yeah. I thought it was a surveyor. Yeah, no, it's just like a little a paperwork guru. They know all the big words. They check over your documents before you sign anything. And actually, when we first bought our land, uh, we went to our conveyancer just to make sure we had some sort of clue on what we were signing. And the conveyancer picked up on something and said, hey, look, your land that you're buying, um, the, the people who are developing the land, they've got two years before you can build on it. And we're like, no, no, no. They said we only had, six, we only had to wait six months. Um, so the conveyancer changed that for us and gave the developer a year so that we only had to wait a year before we could build on our house. And it actually turned out that the land wasn't ready for about three years and we were able to get out of it. But had the conveyancer not told us about that thing, I would have had no idea. So if you didn't have a conveyancer, you probably wouldn't have been able to get out of that deal? Or? No, I might have lost my deposit. I really didn't know what I was signing. I mean, have you seen the words on a contract? It's really yeah. scary. These guys... Mumbo jumbo. That's right. And these guys know their stuff and, and they work for you and not the sneaky real estate agents. Stupid real uh, estate agents. <laughs> Can't be trusted. I've got a few clients actually that sold their house in 2019 before prices really jumped up because they'd purchased land and expected to build on it within six months. To this day, they still are not allowed to build. The developers haven't done the, the right work. They haven't got the blocks ready. They won't be able to build on these until 2024. That's five years that they've been in limbo. And in that time, they've had to rent and go between houses and they've missed out on the chance to hold their property for, for more growth. It just sucks. So having a right conveyancer is important. But let me say that you probably don't need a conveyancer until you're a lot closer to buying a house. Mm. So mortgage broker is the first step. Make sure you've, you've gone down that path with them. And then when you start to get into throes of, of um, buying a house, that's when you go see the conveyancer. Probably when you start inspecting properties is yeah. a good time to explore a conveyancer. Yep. That's okay. when all the legal documentation comes out. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're not going to be like mortgage brokers. Like they're probably going to charge a fee. Hey, if they're so good at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how much should I be putting aside for a conveyancer roughly? Well, about $1,000. Oh, okay. So that's not actually too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Thought it would be like stamp duty, thirty thousand yeah. dollars. And really, in the long run, they could save you so much money if you make if you make the wrong choice and sign the wrong document. They could really save your ass. So you mentioned before about the whole first home buyers grant thing. I feel like that is quite useful for people my age because we're all first home buyers. And I actually had a friend who was messaging my group chat last night, and she asked a really cool question about um, her and her boyfriend. They're looking to buy their first house together, which Cute. is exciting. Ooh. Yeah, I'm very jealous. I'm very single. So, <laughs> And they wanted to know that her boyfriend has already used the first home buyer's grant when he bought his first house, but she hasn't. She hasn't touched that grant yet. When they buy a house together, are they still eligible for it? Yeah, well, congrats to your friends. That's exciting. But unfortunately, with first home buyers, it's first home buyers because the first time you buy a house. So I guess the the boyfriend's already used his first home buyers grant. So your friend would have to go out and buy the house on her own in order to still get the first home buyers grant. Um, but if you are looking to buy your first home, definitely check it out. The first home buyers grant can be so good. It can help with deposits. It can help with stamp duty. Um, it fluctuates in different states, and 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 you might even get more if you go rural. Um, so check it out, guys. So who can I go to to get more information about first home buyers grants? Yeah, ask ask your broker. They'll be able to help you. Oh, so they even know heaps about the grants heaps. and stuff as well. Yeah, they'll be able to direct you on what you need to do. Oh, my God. There's also some grants around not where you just necessarily receive money because there's, there's quite a few grants where you can get money but also save money. So if you're a single parent looking to purchase a property, um, there are grants out there where you can only contribute 2% for, towards a deposit. 
Wow. So, like, the, the standard is 10% or ideally 20%, but there are ones where you can, if you're a single parent, get away with 2% or a first home buyer, you can get away with only a 5% deposit. So that's really healthy. So if you are buying a $500,000 house, your deposit is rather than being you know, $100,000 or even fifty, as a first home buyer, you can get away with a $25,000 deposit. See, I like what I hear because I don't want to have to give up my my drinking on my weekends, my yeah. sench nights. Yeah. So while I'm saving to buy a house, you know, I don't want to have to miss out on the fun stuff. You don't. You can still spend money on the <laughs> vodka shots. Uh, tequila. Tequila on the Okay, so with this first home buyer's grant, um, you, you dappled on before, Gavin, about... Good word, by the way, dapple. Dapple, yeah, I'm from the 30s. <laughs> okay, nice to get a heart. <laughs> Joking. Um, so you dappled on before about for, uh, what is it, Vesting. Yep. If I was looking at rent vesting in freaking rural South Australia because that's all that I can afford, can I still use the first home buyer's grant if I'm not actually going to be moving into a property? No, you can't because it's uh, the difference is first home. So a home is where you live. Um, oh. So you can't use the first home buyer's grant unless you're going to be living there. So that's a really good point. Um, with any of these grants or concessions, you do have to live there for a certain time, whether it be six months or 12 months. You do have to live there. If you are rent vesting, unfortunately, you would have to pay stamp duty. Um, but, for example, if you are buying in you know, a remote town in South Australia uh, for $200,000, the stamp duty isn't really going to be that much. It, it might be ten or $15,000. It's, it's still a lot of money, don't get me wrong, um, but compared to what you could be paying for a $500,000 house or a $600,000 house, it's a lot cheaper. Um, so, yeah, you do have to still save some money and you still have to pay some fees, but I still think it's a viable alternative. Interesting. Yeah, so buying your house can be really, really exciting, but also quite stressful. So if you do need any help, please do just let us know, because obviously we've been through it all. We hear all the questions all the time, so it's totally fine. Just let us know if you need help. But yeah, good luck with that journey. But it's affirmation card time, my favourite time of the week. (laughs) So the card today is, how can I improve myself for tomorrow? Holly, how can you improve yourself for tomorrow? Good question. Now, that was part of my New Year's resolution this year was to really spend a bit more time on myself. I'm a mum and I work and sometimes I forget that we need a little bit of care. So I'm spending more time on me and I'm reading and I'm doing my face mask on a Sunday and I'm just taking a little bit more time on myself to be better the next day. See, I have the opposite problem. I have too much time to myself because <laughs> I don't have kids. So my what I need to do to be better for tomorrow is to actually sleep. I feel like every 20-something-year-old, <laughs> you know, we, we go to bed at midnight, 1 a.m. I think last night I went to bed at 1.30. So I need to spend less time with myself and actually sleep for a change. <laughs> <laughs> is that you saying you're going to sleep in and come to late, come come to work late? No, I want to go to bed at like eleven or ten thirty. I've already been asleep for four hours. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> for context as well, Sarah has to set like ten alarms to get up, but she says it's because she can't sleep with like light and stuff like that. But it's definitely because she's awake till one thirty a.m. and I she doesn't wake up. I literally have like twenty alarms, but now my body's just so used to ignoring them <laughs> that I have to have my phone on the other side of the room or in my bathroom. But it still didn't work. That didn't work the other. Day for you. Yeah. Okay. I we all have issues, and these are one of my issues. <laughs> I'm working you can on myself. yourself for tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> Gavin. What about you? I will start paying the bills on time. We were three quarters of the way through this podcast, and the, the power went out, <laughs> and we had to restart the podcast. <laughs> <from scratch. laughs> so I'll start paying the bills on time. 
I, I would know. actually improve all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I didn't realise you were in charge of the electricity bill here. Ah, well, there you go. Um, I, how can I improve myself for tomorrow? So it's probably similar to you, Holly, in a sense that you're actually really good at self-care and doing things for you. You're always coming in and being like, I did this, I did that. And it's so great because I'm the first person to ditch myself to do something fun. So if one of my, if I'm like, no, I'm definitely going to do self-care night. But as soon as somebody mentions something slightly that gives me a little bit of FOMO, I just completely ditch myself and I'm there. I'm like, yep, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then <laughs> all of a sudden on a Sunday, I have 20,000 things that I need to do and it's very stressful. So not ditching myself. Would Waking be. up hungover, yeah. you got a list yeah. of things to do. Yeah, that's right. Bad idea. Well, I think that sums up buying your first home. And next week our podcast is going to be about dun, 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 when is a good time to buy? Yeah, I can't wait for this actually. Um, obviously people look at a lot of different metrics to work out when to buy, when to sell, all types of things and it's forever a guessing game, but we've got some pretty cool insights of when is the best time to buy, especially property. So don't miss that one. Thanks Bye, for guys. Listening. Bye. 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 Bye.